There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, all ye delightful humans, to the Nerdist Podcast number 47. All right, a couple quick announcements first right out of the gate. Uh, the Nerdist Podcast Live will be happening December 15th at Meltdown Comics in Los Angeles. And that's an all-stand-up comedy show. It's about seven or eight comics that you should know about. And if you already know about them, then you will be delighted when you see who they are. Uh, people like Matt Bronger and Kyle Kinane and the Nerdist Podcast's own Jonah Ray, Kumail Johnny, some really phenomenal talent. And uh, you can come see that, and then, of course, we will post it as a podcast. Details are at Nerdist.com. Follow the link on there to get your tickets. Also, the Nerdist Podcast t-shirts are here for pre-order. Uh, they'll be shipped out mid-December, so uh, order now, because we're only going to do a limited run this time around. Details for that are also at Nerdist.com, conveniently. And finally, I will be ending this episode with a song by the band Sniper, the 1980s glam rock band Sniper. You might remember them from episode 9 with Mike Shinoda and their Go For It style tune, Go For It. Now they've released a Christmas song, All I Want For Christmas Is To Rock. And uh, if you go on to ComedyDeathRay.com, you can get that on the Comedy Death Ray 2010 Christmas CD. All the proceeds for that go to benefit the L.A. Regional Food Bank. So you can either get a physical copy of the disc or you can download uh, the entire album as well. Tons of great comics doing Christmas-themed music. It is awesome. All right, now, episode number 47, The Return of Adam Carolla. Our very first guest ever to be on more than once. And if you don't get mad or E or Jonah or that time that Adam Savage came on to the Craig Ferguson podcast, then he is the only person to ever come on the podcast more than once who is not us or Janet Varney. Thank you. You're welcome. So here it is, the Nerdist Podcast number 47 with Adam Carolla. Now entering Nerdist.com. Why? <laughs> Aren't we supposed to have the orbits, girl? Then? Because we can't put them in finance. Well, I guess, but shouldn't they be on the fucking roof? With how, how is he? Does he need to get closer on the mic? One, two. So the story uh, that uh, that that we that you guys missed. I love we, just the punchlines. I, I think of I, stories. I, I think I, I pieced it together. Yeah. Well, there, there, there there's a guy who works downstairs sure. at the at, at the Comcast building, and I always just assumed he was a quiet guy. Because he's never, like, even if you're like, how's it going? He just won't talk to you. And apparently, Corolla was supposed to do the soup the other day. And <laughs> because he didn't have a contact name, the guy just made him sit there. And he the finally, really, the big, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and Adam was just like, well, I'm just going to go. So you can just tell them. He waited for like an hour. 
And the guy, because Adam didn't have a contact name, uh, Adam just left and ended up not doing this. <laughs> but here's what I want to say to all the fat ass thalidomite babies who've been soaked in <laughs> retard pudding who we decide and it's not their are the, fault are we still soaking babies in retard pudding yes yeah. we are well I, around the holidays I thought that stopped in the 70s Figgy I pudding out realized. retard pudding alright yes. I thought that went the way of Four loco. I, 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 I so. it, it's not their fault they're the dumb guys you went to high school with they're the guys who couldn't cut the curriculum at junior college they're the guys who should be having a rope where a belt would be on their pants <laughs> who starts a company and says this is the face of the network, meaning you may see Seacrest on TV, but if you come down here, the first face you're going to see is this bloated, shaved head that looks like he got cut from a JV nose tackle position in junior high. Like, And these guys aren't you know, men of few words because they're tough or cool. They're men of few words because they know five words. Gotcha. And they do that thing where it's like no eye contact, just who are you here to see? And I, I don't know. Okay. And, and, and like, but here's what I want to say to all these assholes who either work the security thing or the guard shack or whatever. What is your fantasy? Like, what is your fantasy? Like, when I drive onto the lot mm -hmm. and I go, hey, I'm here to see Jimmy Kimmel uh, on Win Ben Stein's Money, and they go, what's your name? That show's been canceled for years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they go... Um, he sounded a little like Toucan Sam when he said that. A little bit. No, when I, my nose! When I used to, it always knows. Come to Jimmy Kimmel's Fruitland Paradise. I went there. When I used to go there years ago, I would just pull up to the guard shack, and I'd go, uh, so it should be a pass for Adam Carolla seeing uh, Jimmy Kimmel. And the guy would... First off, the guy was not Evelyn Wood. Like, he would look at that thing for an eighth of a second, that clipboard, and go, no, you're not on. And it's like, there's, for, for, first off, I didn't see any finger dragging. I didn't see any, I didn't smell any gear oil burning or anything. Like, no. But again, what is the fantasy that I'm going to go, like, all right, I had a lunch scheduled with Jimmy Kimmel on the Paramount lot, but, you know, forget about that. I'm heading home. Right. Like, what is the... When they just go, no, because yeah. the initial answer is always no. Like, sure. hey, I'm supposed to go see Chris Hardwick here. I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to go do the soup. But the answer is always no. Is the fantasy, well, all right, you caught me. <laughs> I'll, I'll take off my explosive vest and, and just yes, like, home. Like, They're saying what they wish they could have said to the job offer. No. Right. Yeah. Well, it's because E, E is like a nightclub. You right. got Kardashians everywhere. You got a lot of hair products. The PAs there's, here dressed there's, in high there's, heels. There's fancy, futuristic-looking chairs out there, and so the uh, the receptionists are basically bouncers. They have right. put bounce. They basically put bouncers at the phones. I should have I should have offered to blow him. That's what you should have done behind the velvet rope. You should have you should have offered to do that. All right, let's get this done. I need to go be on the bouncers at the phones. I one of the worst Crichton novels I ever read. That was not a good, <laughs> not a good novel read. at all. Hank should have never made that movie. I don't know why, but you know, he's so likable. It's so likable watching him blow bouncers to get, yeah. in, to get into clubs. Yeah, they should have never can made do that one anything. into a movie. <laughs> Tom Hanks can do anything. This is Martin Nerds Podcast, of course. We're here with Matt Meyer and Jonah Ray. The return of Adam Carolla. Yeah, yeah. he is. Yeah, this I is, am. You're yes. the first repeat guest yeah, that we've is. had. Oh, thanks. And I, the reason I keep saying yeah, I am and yeah, he is, that's the only one white slang we have and, and <laughs> affirmative it's, and it's gone away like yeah it is 
Like, you know, when someone goes, damn, it's hot. All we have is it's hella hot. Yep. And, yeah, it is. <laughs> well, if you're in Orange County. If, you, if you're white, that's all we have. And I feel like it's gone away. Yeah. And we need, as white we need, people, we, we need, need the, to keep that I going. I agree. We need the Caucasian amen. So, I think it should be affirmative. I think it should be affirmative. I'm, I'm glad, though, It's because like, it was getting close to being that's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, it was. I hate, I hate so that's I what that. I'm talking about. Yeah, no, yeah, it was. Well, I mean, well, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. I mean, yeah, it's you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or uh, back like when I was working at record stores, so, like this was like apparent in a couple record stores I worked at. Was like, yeah, I'll give you that. That was always the <laughs> that was always like the rec- snobby record store guy. Yeah, I'll give you that. This kind of sounds like that. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll give that to you. I'll yeah, let you yeah, have that. I'll, I'll let you have that one. Really? No, so but I'll on, be your, back. on your personal douchebag scorecard, I get to mm-hmm. I get to you I get to I'm affirmed by you in that. Well, sure, that, yeah, sure, take that home. Okay. You know, bring it a full circle to the ass sure wipe in the some toast. photo mat with the air conditioner mount on the side of it at the <laughs> gate. That is, the, eventually, when the guy picks up the phone and calls Win Ben Stein's money and figures out that I can be allowed to get on the lot to have my lunch with Kimmel, it's never, sorry for my mistake, sir. It's like, you won that round, my friend. <laughs> but do not worry. There'll be other lots and other days that you'll try to get on, and I'll be there. to be shaken. Yeah. I mean, I've had that happen so many times, because what happens when you're a minor celebrity is that people recognize you, but a lot of times they don't know where they know you from. Yeah. And so when you're on a list for something, you can't really play the do you know who I am card because the answer is always going to be no. But uh, but a lot of times, like if someone, if a bouncer or someone just says like, hey man, I'm just doing my job, I always want to say, well no you're not because I'm supposed to be in there. Right. <laughs> I'm on your list if you'd look at it, so and, you're, you're not doing your job, you're just being a cock. And your job is to prevent certain people from getting on the lot, but not to... L- not to keep all people from yeah. getting onto this said lot. You realize this is not your fortress. Right. That's, <laughs> right? That's Guy at the castle like. gates. Yeah. This is not your personal fortress. <laughs> also, I'm not going to rape your 13-year-old daughter. The worst I'm going to do is have lunch with some guy on this lot. While like, what's fingering your... Finger that's banging. Right. I'm not going to... Oh, finger banging? Finger, finger, uh, that. I like finger, I like finger <laughs> blast <laughs> better. Finger blasting is Finger blast? Finger puppets. Finger Ooh, puppets nice. is fun. Yeah, it is. Play finger puppets. Yeah, it is. It's hella good. Affirmative. Hella good. No one, you know, until No Doubt brought that into the cultural vernacular, that was isolated to Orange County. Hella. And and God damn it, they because they came out of Orange County, they, they fucking gave that word, I feel like, to the rest of the country. Hella good? Hella, yeah. Oh, yeah, what is that song? What's the hella song? I think it's song? just hella good. Hella good. Oh, it's it a is. song that would play downstairs in the lobby at E while they turn you away. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to that poor security guard of uh, suspect nationality. I don't know what he is, but, uh, you know, it's not a group that scores that high on the SATs. He has to sit there and watch... Americans from the South? A test that is geared toward white people. A loop of the Kardashian show. I mean, I, you know, somewhere... Like you, you would probably, have to shut down. You would have to you shut have down to, to survive. Emotionally, it's a survival yeah. mechanism. Right. It's like if you're being raped repeatedly by bikers, like at a certain point, you just have to... You, you're going to start not, coming? Oh, you, no, I'm you, sorry. I guess I got you, you, you sit there and float above your almost lifeless corpse. He has to corpse. watch the feed yeah, from I, every E channel. It's like the, there was a, there was a Madeline Stowe, so Alan Rickman movie <laughs> called Closet Land, where he just keeps trying right. to torture her and she keeps going to Closet Land. So that's what these guys are doing they're in closet land land. and uh, he probably measures his work day by like people go how long's your shift and he's like 
26 Kardashians. <laughs> a Kardashian is... But uh, if I get to 30, yeah. I get golden time. It's, just a, it's a pop culture clockwork orange yeah. situation where he's just the whole day having to take in all this, you know, yeah, How much do you get? How much do you get an hour? Uh, well, I get $12 a Kardashian, so whatever that adds <laughs> up actually, to me. Actually, I think, I think a Kardashian, the actual Kardashian unit is an inversely proportional relationship to how famous can you get for doing very little? I think I think that's what the Kardashian. She, she did is. very little, but she took a whole lot. She that's did. the that's right. the big part. Well, you know, I guess I, I just can't keep up with them. <laughs> They're impossible keep to keep up with those Kardashians. All you gotta do is bang Ray J. Oh, yep. Man. You get oh, the feeling hell good, so let's just was, keep. No, no, I knew that. Yeah. Ray J's. He's got a show out. He does too, yeah. right? Does he have an MTV show? I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Getting a reality show is like a virus. If you just you know if you fuck one other person with a reality show, you now have a reality oh, show. Oh, I got a reality. Right. I went yeah. to the doctor. He said I got a reality show. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, they're like STDs yeah. now. Now yeah, no one will of... ever respect you. Shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no they will. Gonna know. I mean, no, they won't. I mean, that's <laughs> hella bad. Everyone's gonna know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ray J's got one. She's uh, she's got. Well, everyone's got one. Everyone in the fan. I always feel sorry for her. that. First, that show should be called Pussy Whip, starring Bruce Jenner, like <laughs> keeping up with the Kardashians. That's actually Bruce Jenner. I thought someone built a Bruce Jenner-like android. It was that Japanese guy <laughs> well, that makes those weird, those weird ones that look ones. very close. Isn't, isn't he the lead though? Isn't he the one that has to keep up with the Kardashians? Isn't oh, maybe he is. The, yeah. Oh, he's the chaser he's of the Kardashians. Also ironic yeah. because he used to be very fast. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so he has a gold medal, and I guess technically keeping up with the Kardashians. I really hope that much thought didn't go into the name of. That show. <laughs> I hope so. It would at least have a redeeming quality. Yeah. He was also very good at Circus of the Stars. He was good Whenever at Circus of the Stars. That's an awesome show. Whenever he participate. <laughs> I wish they would bring hey, If that. we resurrected <laughs> the body and reanimated the body of Jim Thorpe, one of the greatest <laughs> Native American athletes of all time, who also won the decathlon in like 19, I don't know, 30 something, and showed him. Bruce Jenner, would he never stop vomiting? <laughs> you know, like, here's another American who wanted to gathlon. I think he would be clamoring <laughs> to get back into the earth. Let me back into my tomb. <laughs> or at least I have quiet, yeah. <laughs> so you're doing the, you're, so your show's five days a week now. You're doing the podcast five yes, days a week. Yes, five days a week. Yes. And, and, and how is that schedule? I guess it's a lot better than when you were doing radio and getting up at fucking four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, a couple things are good about it. The the flexibility, obviously, is as you know and you all know about doing a podcast, which is to say, you could do it at this time, but if your guest couldn't do it till that time, then you start at that time, yeah. and it's just that that part of it makes it a lot easier. Um, the not getting up and just in general, the comedy. It, it, there's no first off, first off. I w don't trust anyone who's funny at 5.57 in the morning. That, you can only be so funny, and I don't trust a fucker that is funny at 5.57. It's not, it's just not a morning activity. There's no comedy club that opens before no. 8 p.m. I always say I mean, comedy is a vampire. It thrives at night, and it dies during the day. You cannot do comedy when it's light outside. You can't, and but I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. There's you know brisket and brandy and all sorts of uh, two Kardashians that are rarely brought up in the, the <laughs> seldom seen in the series. Brisket, yeah. she's hot. They, she ranks pretty low on the Kardashian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, but I mean, everyone like we can agree that everyone loves a you know everyone loves a cocktail. Everyone loves a you know everyone loves a porterhouse steak. Everyone. Loves whatever you love, 
but nobody loves that at 5.45 in the morning. I mean, as much as as I love uh, prime rib is as much as I would probably hate it at 545 in the morning and as much as I love a Sam Adams, you know, winter wheat ale is as much as I would hate it at 545. Well, it, the same thing goes for comedy. Right. It, it really, it's why cartoons, unless you're really high, don't seem great in prime time. <laughs> but they seem to fit Woody Woodpecker's not annoying somehow at 7.15, but yet you would never yeah, watch it. The only it. thing I like that early is more sleep. That's right, the that's the I only like. thing I want. Yeah. And and so, and you know, like when you get up, you're you're pissed off, like you're you're irritated, like it's, it's so funny, like um, I, I would walk down into my kitchen every morning just alone. Like there is that thing where at 4.45, the world is asleep. Like it's frozen. Every, everybody in your house is asleep. The dog's asleep. The twins, the wife. Like, it's just... And when you... It's the only thing. You know, there's no leaf blowers. There's no anything. Like, you just sort of put your ear to the window, and it's like... It's, for, <laughs> it's the only time you ever hear that. But you're... Because you got up at 4.45, you're just angry about everything. And, like, I'd go down in the kitchen and be like... Look at this. Two yellow bowls, then a red bowl, then another yellow bowl. Who the fuck is stacking these bowls? Who stacks these bowls? What kind of maniac would do two red bowls, a yellow bowl, and then put another fucking such bullshit? Such bullshit. And it's like you're just irritated and fucking angry at everything. And then someone heats up a mic and you're supposed to be you know doing a Heine wine bit or something and the Heine wine the Heine wine bit. oh my god I forgot you forgot about how funny Rick Dees was didn't you <laughs> that Heine wine bit spread like a fucking virus through the Midwest and the South but it's just you're pissed you're, all you can think of how, is how angry you are that somebody got you up at that at that hour I just got re-pissed at the Heine wine bit. <laughs> I had been erased from my mental library. Well, you, <laughs> you should have been out. I, never, I don't know. It. It's ba- I, I'm not even sure what the joke was. I think it was just that it was called... It was That's some, the joke. Someone with a vineyard decided... You know, like, that was the buy sure. of the bit. I think Heine it, wine. It was the fucking worst bit. And they just kept saying Heine over and over again because that was a dirty word in the <laughs> 70s. It was, it was like if you just kept calling different hardware stores, although this would be funnier, and saying, <laughs> do you have any black caulking and then you just went you you see have black cock there and and what would you do with the black cock Uh uh-huh and how big is the black cocking and cock yeah but that's a real thing that's like you can't like be incredulous over a fake thing like Heine wine they made it up and acted like it was something that was real and horrible oh yeah that's what it was oh yes yes I remember it now I remember now the jingle yeah you do haunting my brain haunting my brain in in the dark recesses uh, it was, uh, oh, it's like Heine in the morning, Heine in the evening, Heine at supper time. If you give me your Heine and something that <laughs> rhymes with I can see why it was such a sensation. It was, yeah. it really was. It was like people. That's how sad morning radio was. <laughs> you would literally in the South, like, go go places and hear people like, you're the Heine wine bit of this morning. Like, wow. yes. Well, this, I don't belong the, here. The sad thing about radio uh, and, and morning radio is, and it's so funny because I would travel, when I travel around now doing stand-up and I have to do some of these morning local whatever, you know, in Kansas City or in Atlanta, they'll go like, hey, man, Dingo Boy. And I'll go, Dingo Boy? And they'll go like, yeah, remember Dingo Boy? And I'll go, 
kind of, but not really. And they'll go, you used to do Dingo Boy. And I used to work for a syndicator where they would pay you 50 bucks a bit and you would do your own episodic whatever. I did Mr. Burcham. I did Dingo Boy. And then they'd pay you a couple hundred bucks and then they would send them out to all these radio stations out uh, usually in the middle of the country. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Kevin Bean or Howard Stern, but it's somewhere in the middle of these poor brain dead bastards are just clamoring for content to fill oh, four and hours. It, like, in the morning. It'd be like, well, we don't have, you know, there's five minutes on a Friday. We don't have to think about cause we yep. get the dingle boy every, and they do like now the adventures of dingle, but they would send this prepackaged comedy out to them. And Heine wine was probably, one of the bits, uh, although Heine, radio has a lot of like balls, Zeptembers and two for Tuesdays and stuff that just, they all just rip off everyone else's horrible, horrible Rape-wary, ideas. everyone. Rape-wary. Yeah. I did morning radio in L.A. for like a, two, a year, and uh, it almost killed me because it's just the, getting up at 3.30 in the morning. Because you morning radio, is, is, it's, it's tricky because you think, oh, I, I just have a talk a little bit. It's not that big of a deal. But you really have to clamor to produce material. Like, it's you have to yeah. think about it. And then there are post-show meetings. Like, it ends up being what you think is just going to be like a three-hour day ends up being like a ten-hour day. What I'm actually really surprised about is the uh, the guy that's now doing um, Loveline, Psycho Mike. Mm-hmm. It's like he does Loveline at night. What time do you get off when you're doing Loveline? Midnight. Midnight. And then he's on the Kevin and Bean show the next morning every day. Yeah, that's And what brutal. time do you have to be in there? Uh... That, that's sort of optional for him, but it's probably between yeah. 5 and 5.30. Yeah, because that's I ridiculous. The, I used to do the overnight shift at K-Rock, which bridged Loveline and Kevin and Bean. Fuck. So I did I did, I did, did midnight to 5. I was, I was taping singled out during the days and then going and working at K-Rock from midnight to 5. Oh. And then... Well, you know how I used to... It was just like... If I drank a couple beers yeah. and then and then chased it with coffee, I was totally wired. Yeah, yeah. I used to do Stern all the time when I used to like sit in for Artie or when Artie was out or before they hired Artie or whatever. I'd do it all the time, and I would do it East Coast time. So I would I would finish Loveline at midnight, and then I had to be ready to go on Stern at three a.m. Oh, and that must have been a horrible three hours. It was. It was a horrible. There's a couple horrible things about it. One, and, and most horrible, is it was Westwood One in Culver City that we did Love Line out of, and yeah. it was also Westwood One that we did Stern that I did Stern out of. So for some reason, driving back to the same place <laughs> for two made it that but you much go home work. for like two hours. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, half hour one way, half hour. Yeah, a, a little under two hours. And like people say a couple things, which is bad advice. But they'd go. Why don't you just pull an all-nighter? Like, why don't you just stay up? And I would always go, that would be fine if I had to get to 3 a.m., ring a bell, and then beat off and go to bed. (laughs) But I don't have to do that. I have to go through. The show starts at 3 a.m., but it's going to go for five hours. So staying up all night is good if you can go to bed once you make it to 3, but it's not good two and a half hours into the Stern show when you're falling asleep and the room is spinning around. So... I were in there by yourself too because I'd be in there by myself, so which is even makes it even sleepier. I bet. It's sur- more surreal, and I would go home, and I and, and by the way, I couldn't immediately go to bed because I just got done doing a radio show. Oh, so you, you, you feel like the fucking now. Omega Man, like you yeah. feel like you feel you just feel like 
you're a, that there's literally no one else alive in the world, and you're isolated in this weird box as part as right. part of some weird Armageddon or experiment. And I I would have at a certain point, so I would go home at twelve thirty. I would drink some red wine and watch some TV until probably for about an hour, about as fast as I could get to bed. So about one thirty, I sleep from one thirty to two thirty, and then I would just jump in my car and hustle back to Culver City and start the show up. And at a certain point, because he used to go like five hours on that show, I'd have my head, but I was alone in an empty building in an empty room with my headphones on. And I'd just be sitting there with my headphones on and, you know, Robin would be doing the news and she'd be doing some story out of Long Island where somebody tossed her kid into a dumpster or something. (laughs) And I'd just be sort of sitting there and at a certain point, I'd hear Howard Stern's voice go, what do you think, Adam? And I'd be like, what? What happened? What's going on? I'm still working construction, right? Like, why? You snap out and go, who put the goddamn yellow dishes in with the red... It was weird to be like I for I would drift off and just be listening to the Howard Stern show with headphones <laughs> on. Forgetting and then, you were a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Forgetting I was on the show. Yeah. But now awesome. you get to do your show whenever you feel like it. Yes. And by the way, well done. I don't I don't think you will ever get knocked off unless you quit your show. You you have you have the fucking nut hold on that number one spot of the comedy podcast and uh, uh, that that is a feat. Uh, well, thanks, and it is uh, especially because of uh, all the competition that is uh, like yourselves and and and, yeah. and you guys have climbed the ladder and and held. See, the thing I guess that people don't realize, especially about like like iTunes, especially like you can do a new podcast and get up there, but you'll quickly slough off like um, yesterday's. Eggs. Yep. Yesterday's sure. eggs. eggs. Commonly totally slough. Yesterday's eggs do slough. Eggs. They slough. They slough. Yeah. Uh, so to just hang around. Metaphor approved. And <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in the top twenty, top twenty-five, or even the top fifty, just to hang there for now. How long have you been going at, at it, Chris? Been a while, right? Yeah, we'll yeah. We you. started in February, so this sure. is you know nine months. It um, right more than a fluke at this point. So congratulations oh, uh, for that. But yeah. When I started, you know, a year and a whatever, geez, uh, I guess February will be two years for us. Um, I mean, there wasn't anybody you recognize names floating around the podcast world. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, Ricky Gervais, and those were like the only names that you recognize. And now there's just every comedian, every host, every, hey, yeah. Anderson yeah. Cooper's got his own, whatever, every Bill Maher after the show, they do their, you know, it, it's insane. So, the competition, and I mean, it, it's sort of like, I mean, I guess it's kind of relative, but I mean, it's like someone was telling me that, I don't know, 1973, 1974, Johnny Carson had 17 million viewers a night. and <laughs> That will never happen again. <laughs> no, and also, uh, I mean, the guy's a pioneer. You don't want to take anything away from him, although I always hear he was an asshole. But other than that, if he came back now... What percentage of the pie would Johnny Carson have wedged between Conan would, and Kimmel well, and Fallon and Leno? And he'd be on Turner Classic Movies doing his uh, his talk he would, show. He, he would he he would probably get three or four million. It'd probably be three or four million. And that would be pretty good. That yeah. would be pretty good. Yeah. Right. With I mean, considering that would, be, that would be Leno right now. How the pie yeah. is being cut now with a cheese cutter. You know, yeah. I mean, it is insane. So there's so much. 
content out there that just it, it, it's weird but it's like even in these late night show in, in that realm it's not even about building audience it's about hanging on to audience because if uh, George uh, Lopez is going to do start doing a show and Chelsea Handler's going to start doing a show and Conan O'Brien's going to start back doing a show and everyone's going to start doing a show Jimmy Fallon you know just in the last two or three years yeah. then if you were you know, three years ago, you had two million viewers. It wouldn't be about having three million today. It'd be about hanging on to the two million <laughs> that Lopez and Jimmy Fallon didn't take. I think it's just. I think it's important to have a, a to have your your very specific point of view and and to be consistent. Because I think most people, it's like the same. Like I I would hear when I first started doing comedy in, in L.A. Uh, many years ago. Uh, Pull that mic in. Back before the depression, the second Great Depression, <laughs> which is an accurate term now. Yeah. Um, I comics would some of some of the comics would complain like, ah, goddamn it, these actors want to start doing comedy and they're taking up stage time. And I was like, let them, because they won't keep doing it. Like, right. m- like ninety percent of the people will not stay consistent because it's always fun to start something, but it is a fucking pain in the ass to stay consistent with something. And if you can stay in the game, you will be ahead of most of the people because people will just drop off. These people who are – all these podcasts, like half of them won't be doing their shows in a year. Yeah, but, you know, if you look at it this way, I mean, not to uh, punch a hole in your well-thought-out theory. Shit. But if – you know, half the people slough off. There's that word again. Like eggs. Like, like eggs. And, but there's constantly a new crop of people who will slough off in four months. God damn it! And <laughs> you will sort of have that gap filled. Oh. Like, so there'll always be someone new and always someone sloughing off. Fuck! Yeah. Oh, you're ruining it! Sorry, man. God I mean, yeah, it, it is. <laughs> I forgot about the slough equation. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, is, is slough measured in Kardashians? <laughs> I feel like it should be. I feel like it should be. Well, the good news is, is in my podcast, which uh, aired, well, what day is it today? <laughs> this will go up tonight. I will oh. put this up tonight. In my podcast, which aired today, um, I did 20 minutes on the shaved head uh, down syndrome stricken <laughs> baboon who I just walked past to get to your Podcast. So Did you say hi to him. I was scared. That <laughs> he might, uh, He's I, not a real baboon, Adam. You don't have to worry I, about. I'm him. just the guy's frightening. Don't make eye contact. That's <laughs> that's the whole thing. And I feel like these guys are sort of reptilian in their movement, which is no movement whatsoever. But then when they do move, they're on top of you. He must yeah. be cold blooded. That would explain why he was sunning himself on the rock. rock yeah. They don't yeah. have an internal uh, temperature regulator. <laughs> yeah, that's so the when he pulls up one of his feet. Yep. Yeah. Not, yeah. They have to utilize the sun <laughs> yes. as a heating mechanism. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I hate to. Th- I'm, I'm about to throw someone under the bus who works for your show, and I'm so. I'm, I apologize. Go ahead. I. Uh, uh, it's like I. It's been six months. Remember when we did the show together in Chicago mm-hmm. at the comedy festival, which was super fun, by the way. Yeah, I enjoy that. Um, <clears throat> your uh, your show booker Mike booked me for your show in July. Mm-hmm. So the day before, I'm supposed to go on. I email him and I go, "Hey, I'm coming in tomorrow. Where, where, where do I go?" And he was like, "Whoa, whoa! What are you talking about?" Yeah. And I go, "Well, you, you know, you booked me a month ago and right. the date's tomorrow." And he never apologized. He just went, "Must have missed that one." Yeah. <laughs> and then well, so I had to write him it. back and be like, yeah. "Okay, 
can I come on again? And he was like, all right. So he gave me another date six weeks from then. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't do it because I had to go out of town. So I was like, give me another one. And he didn't, he didn't write back. Yeah. He was getting so back at you. I wrote him again. And then finally I got another date like six weeks ahead of that. And then the, a couple days before he canceled. And then they gave me another date and a couple days before he canceled. Yeah, then, he's, he's wildly I'm, inconsistent. You're, gonna, you're, so you're <laughs> but, gonna fire him, right? Call him right now. I don't want you to fire him. Call I just him want right you now. to punch it's... him in the solar plexus. Look, I just need some evidence that some type of retribution. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you saw the car he drove, you would feel very sad. <laughs> no, I feel bad shitting that around because he's a genuinely cool dude. Like he's a re, he's a really he sweet paid three hundred and seventy thousand dollars for a condo that's worth about one hundred and forty oh. right now. So there you go. We're even. <laughs> Better in a punch in the solar plexus, right? <laughs> but, he, but he did buy a condo. So. Yeah. I don't, his own fault. I don't yeah. want him to have long-lasting umbrella-like pain that, uh-huh. that shades oh, his life quick. with sadness. Uh-huh. I just want a quick stabbing pain that is over like that, and then we can hug about it and be like, all right, it's over. Yeah, well, don't don't be – I mean, don't be ashamed to feel like you're per- pursuing him because he's wildly inconsistent <laughs> okay. and will not ever get back to anybody. <laughs> so it's not me. It's not you. Oh, good. Yeah, he's bad at what he does. Good, good. But we barely pay him, so it's like... So what are you going to... What do you expect? <laughs> well, I, I mean, there is that, that thing in life where there... I mean, I deal with this all the time where you have the 45-year-old guy who's the horrible carpenter who's always late, who does shitty work and blah, blah, blah. But you do have to say to yourself... I, there's a reason why this guy's 45 years of age and will come to my house for $12 an hour <laughs> and, and work for the price of that and a liverwurst sandwich. I got the guy for the weekend. There's a reason why he's available, but that's the same reason why he's inconsistent and late and whatever it is. And you know, you know what and, I mean? tr- and truthfully, he is a he is a sweet guy by all their accounts. He, he is a he, nice he, guy. He's, yeah. a, he's a very nice guy. You just reminded me that uh, a friend of mine in the 90s did a movie this really low-budget movie, and he wanted Norman Fell in it. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways he got Norman Fell to do the movie was Norman Fell wanted a knockwurst sandwich and a beer. Really? Wow. And he did it. And he, wow. he paid him a little bit of money and got Norman Fell a knockwurst sandwich and some beer. Damn. And he what got, he got what was the what's the story with Furley? I mean, did he quit that gig? You mean Roper? Roper, sorry. Oh, Furley came in second. Yeah. Furley was a serial killer who buried the Ropers under <laughs> that apartment complex. What? I mean, I know Suzanne Summers had some difficulty in her contract and eventually opted out of the show. Right. But what did Mr. Roper do? They, they gave him a spinoff. Yeah, they they gave him a spinoff. They, they spun gave the, the Ropers, Ropers. Oh. They, they spun off the Ropers with uh, Jeffrey Tambor and a couple other people. They did like 13 episodes, and then he was like, can I come back? And they were like, no. And they, yeah, they had, they, they <laughs> were <laughs> so out. Out. Uh, we you know, it, 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 the um, uh, the same thing. Like uh, Henry Winkler was smart because they offered to. They kept trying to spin Fonzie off into yeah. his own show, and he was like, "I why would I do that? Right. I am doing so well on this show. Why would I? Would be stupid." And it right. was a smart thing for him to do. Yeah, they always they spun all those fucking. Jokes. Joni loves Chachi. Laverne Shirley. Morgan Mindy was Morgan a spin-off. Mindy was sure. A spin-off. Yeah. Oh, Even all the oh, you know, all in the family stuff. I mean they oh, got yeah. the Archie's Jeffersons place. and Maud. Archie's place and Maud. Yeah. Flo? Flo was spun off of Alice. Was Flo spun off? I think so. Spun off of Alice, Alice. right? Yeah. Yeah. My grits, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh Mary Tyler Moore. Well played. <laughs> what, what was that? Was it Mary Tyler Moore Phyllis? And I I I uh Lou Grant, which Lou was a Grant. Drama? Lou Grant was spun off. Yeah. Yeah. Who the hell else? And well, then Betty White is just a spinoff unto herself. <laughs> after all these years. 
Uh, we're done with her, right? I like to think. Well, we're almost well, done with it. God might be. Soon. I like yeah. to think. I like to think that the love boat is spun off of Murray Slaughter's character. Uh, oh, right. Cloud. <laughs> sure. That he quit the news business Got and, and, captain, and captained a boat yeah. in his later years. He was a weird. It was a. It was a funny character because Murray was such a sort of passive, sort of nice guy, sort of waif, waifish, sort of a feminine right? guy, yeah. and then all of a sudden he turns into yeah. this staunch, uh, hard-driven Captain yeah. Stubing. I never guy. understood Adam Bricker as like the boat cock. Like, yeah. How did how did how did how did Doc Bricker like nail? Like Bernie Capel, like the guy was probably like fifty-eight years old. Right. Glasses. Right, like the, the, the fucking man shorts. Like, how did how did does ever, that? Did ever, did ever nail Charo? Because she was on a lot. T after uh, probably uh, the the thing the <laughs> thing about um, <laughs> finger blast. <laughs> Sorry, followed with a TF. Um, <laughs> the thing about Brick. Well, first off, let's not forget he was in uh, he was in Get Smart. Uh, yes, he was yeah. excellent in Get Smart. He was excellent in Get Smart. Um, he was I don't know the head of chaos in Get Smart. Um, but yeah, well, first off, those knee-high sanitary socks with the white nursing shoes—it's—it's it's just hard to get laid yeah, in that outfit. <laughs> but there was also this really skeezy, kind of weird, creepy thing where patients would come in to see him, and then he'd say, "Like, well, I had to ask her to disrobe. I am a doctor." <laughs> it's like, really? Like this close to kind of roofy talk, you know? Like, like. Half his dates were chicks who came in to see him, and now <laughs> they got dinner plans. And I, it's we're really the love boat physician has some questionable morals. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I'm saying I don't know if that would fly <laughs> in today's society. I think I made a bad trip. Well, I better uh, fuck you your tits. Better lie down. <laughs> Cocktail sauce. Want to wash that aspirin sure down with a little cum? <laughs> <laughs> All right, to be fair, it's a lot of cum. To be fair, it's a lot. How good do you think the doctor would be on a love boat? Though, you know, or what are you expecting, really? As well as the And also just the general premise of the staff hitting up on slash date raping the folks that showed up onto the boat. And Princess Cruz is like, hey, it's one big advertisement for being raped by the crew. It's called the Date Rape Collective. Yep. That's what that show should have been Right, because yeah. every t- every single chick that got onto that show was always like Isaac or Gopher or somebody. Uh, you know, when Lola Falana would get on there, <laughs> Isaac would go ape shit for it. Like, it just shouldn't, there are policies against the staff members trying to fuck everyone. Not on goes international on waters, Frank. Ah, that's a good Anything point. Goes. Yeah. By the way, giant ship, like crew of six. <laughs> right, right. Any other fucking crew members yeah. that are how, how do they find the time to fuck? What am I in a Seinfeld bit? <laughs> I've, just, I just, I've just become evening at the improv. Like, it is like, where's the rest of the crew on the love boat, you guys? It is true. Like, it's that, like Star those, Trek. They only need those. Five. Those ships have like two thousand guests and three thousand crew members on them. Like <laughs> normally, although I went on a cruise with uh, Jimmy Kimmel many years ago. And it was just the worst goddamn cruise uh, on the planet. Uh, our room needed to be sprayed for bugs because I got like woke up with some bites on me. <laughs> and the uh, the stand up, the comedy, the entertainment, oh, the comedy. Uh, Geechee guy, oh yes, was a comedian. Yes. Uh, part of Geechee guy's act, by the way, is that he has memorized the name of every single roller coaster in North America, and literally. 
You know that thing where you have a profound interest in something and you just assume everyone else <laughs> has this wild interest in this? Yeah, hey, uh, I knit toaster cozies. Oh, so my. you're into that? You're pretty much into what kind of yarn? You got to use a non-flammable yarn. I can tell you where to get It's like, no, nobody's interested in your retarded hobby and Geechee Guy's hobby were he's been on every roller coaster so about halfway into his set he just stopped like enough with the mirth and he'd be like all right you toss out a roller coaster I'll toss out the amusement park and someone would be like uh the tornado bandit at six flags over Georgia built 1983 capacity 122 souls and guy everyone's sitting there and go wow he's right he's right and like who gives a shit tell some more jokes would you who's gonna get him on the capacity I, I, you're I, wrong I, fucker it's 122 uh, besides before Google you can just say whatever the fuck you want at any time so that that was the entertainment and then the other entertainment was they had karaoke night and they ran Here's how they ran karaoke night. Like, um, you would go up and you would, like, write down the song that you wanted. Like, you know, okay. so Kimmel's picking some Huey, Huey Lewis song or something, right? <laughs> like, sports album? Stuck with you or okay. something. Yeah, so it's like... Stuck on you? Right? Stuck with I'm so happy. happy to be stuck with you. Whatever. He's picking some wow. Huey Lewis thing. Deep cuts. And I'm, I'm picking I'll some... And so the way they ran this karaoke night... It was totally insane because the guy would be running it and he'd be like, all right, I need, uh, it was before Jimmy Kimmel's Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimball, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel, come on up here. Jimmy Kimmel. And like people would be like, all right, all right. And then they'd he'd come up and he'd be like, and uh, you had Huey Lewis stuck with you. I'm sorry, we don't have that one. And then Jimmy would go <laughs> sit back down again. What? And then he'd go, all right, let's next. Chris Hardwick, what do you got over there? Some Uriah Heap? Come on yeah, up here. Come up here. Yeah, we don't have that. Oh, we don't have that. All right, sit got, down. Sit down now. Now no, we're good. Sit down. Did they only, did they, uh, just did he have the only book of the list or something? I like guess <laughs> it was weird. That's a phenomenal bit for a movie. People up and then telling him to sit back down again. after people applauded. Jimmy Kimmel, put your hands together for Jimmy Kimmel. Sorry, we don't have that one. We have to go sit down again. <laughs> To give him a little bit of a feeling of you're doing something. That's as good as you're gonna do. By the looks of you, that's as good as you're gonna do. I can't do remember what we talked about the last time you were on the podcast. Cause so, so I'm I'm hesitant to bring things up because I feel like yeah, it's did been I, a while. Did I ask him this already? <laughs> Go or? right ahead. But I don't. I, I got a book out. Yeah, I want, we definitely want to. We definitely want to pimp your book. Did that come out this week or is it just? It's a, been like three weeks, I think. What's what is this? What is your book? Oh, I say. Uh, <laughs> I want to know about your book. Uh, it's really just me complaining. It's all this. <laughs> about writing a book the entire yeah, time. The, first writing five a chapters. book is the worst oh, goddamn thing you could ever hurt. do with four months of your yeah, life. Four months, Jesus, it's like almost a year. I mean, by the time you go back and forth and argue over everything, oh shit! Don't tell me that I have a deadline in three months. It's a wild, <laughs> wild amount of time. Yeah. Well, you can hand in your manuscript in four months but it, it, it ain't over right it's going back and forth and back and did you forth. really mean to use the article the here yeah or did you that's, mean an that's the way it works this part comes off like a manifesto yeah know, we don't want to all yeah, i'm saying is that you, you need to stockpile us? all of your sharp objects <laughs> so yeah. what's the book what is, what is it called uh it's called in 50 years we'll all be chicks and it's just uh, <laughs> me whining about society and it's just, you know, if it, it was essentially 
me taking all the shit that I complain about and putting it in some sort of order and putting it mm-hmm. between a couple of hard bound Just copies. Just like when Dennis and, Miller would publish his rants as a book. Yeah, it's probably that. <laughs> <laughs> Although, um, Hey, it's got some about the author and a couple of stories and all that kind of stuff. And then it's just list of guys I couldn't hang out with and you know, chapters on, you know, politics and whatever. And it's just all the all the basic Is this your first complaints. book? Yes. Yeah, oh, well, that makes sense. I can't yeah. believe it's your first book. I feel it feels like something. Well, I, I didn't know how to spell or okay. or type or anything. So, so I that thought, took a while. No, I still don't. So, but I had someone do it for me. But I thought that was the main part about being a writer is the writing part of being a writer. I didn't know, oh, you can have funny thoughts and give it to another guy who can spell and then mm-hmm. you can come out with a book. Like I never worked on it from that approach. And and also, really honestly, my family's so horrible that they essentially just broke me of ever thinking that any thought I had would be worthy of sharing with anyone else. So I never, <laughs> no one ever said, write that down. And thus, uh, I never did. Forget, don't carry a notebook. That's uh, what I was told. Yes, don't write that <laughs> down. Don't retain this memory. That's right, right. But now you've... That's a bad one. But I'm I would sure. once in a while. But it's amazing. I mean, you've managed to, you, you and Jimmy um, managed to craft these careers... Starting with, I mean, really very small windows. I mean, mo- most people don't. You, you, most people don't break out of like second or third radio sidekick, and then you know, like turn into massive media multi hyphenates. Like that, just that's very rare that that happens. Well, uh, thanks. I, you know, it was you know, people always forget, or it's weird what your mind does, like. When I met Jimmy, I just met Jimmy. I didn't know who Jimmy was, and Jimmy wasn't anybody, and he wasn't doing anything. And there's this weird sort of math, almost like when you're watching a movie, and it's an action movie, and, you know, The Rock is getting his ass kicked at the middle of Act One. But there's a part of you that knows, okay, he's... He's going to catch up to the bad guys. He's going to get his girlfriend back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was I was talking about the football movie. Oh, okay. I can't think of the name of that one right now, but uh, or Escape to Witch Mount or whatever it was. But there's a there's a part of you that knows. Okay, you know, like you just know you're sitting in a theater. Okay, this is a little rough on the rock now, but sure. he he will he will exact his revenge. But life doesn't really work that way. Like you could be getting the shit kicked out of you and then you could get a hepatitis and then get an infection <laughs> from a blood transfusion and die in the hospital two days later. It's not like, well, in act three, Corolla's is going to be on top. So like people, but they do apply that movie math. Like, like I met Jimmy Kimmel in 1994 and he was third banana at K rock. And I was swinging a hammer and living in La Crescenta, but we both looked at each other and went, Oh yeah. <laughs> That's when they knew. By act. Act, by act three, we're both going to be on top high of the five, game. High five, frame montage, right. success montage. Right. And like we got called into our program director's office and he was yelling at us and we were both like, yeah, yeah. Keep, talking. <laughs> keep talking. For not man. one second did we fear losing our jobs because we knew. We knew. No, you don't know anything. You, you don't know anything and they don't, and by the way, no, neither does anyone else. Like I, I wanted to do a radio show. Actually, somebody wanted me to do a radio show at KLSX. And I was like, oh, well, how about I do it with my buddy Jimmy Kimmel? We'll do it together. Because as anyone knows, 
talking to yourself, you know, not nearly as fun as talking to somebody else. So I said, about uh, we get Jimmy and they're like, yeah, he's a behind the scenes guy. He's not oh. call. He's not, you know, front of the mic. He's more he's a better producer than he is a talent. And actually just uh just going back to literally across the street from where we are now and back about 2-3 years when I was doing my radio show, my terrestrial radio show, we used to have Joel McHale in every Friday and he'd mm-hmm. bring in his clips from the soup, yep. you know. And Jack Silver, our program director, would be like, uh, you know, we'd have our little, he'd weigh in at a little little post-mortem meeting on Fridays, and he'd be like, uh, do we need uh, Mikhail in every Friday? I mean, what if we just had him in once a month? Feel like uh, getting a little, uh, getting a little tired. And it's like, all right, now the guy's got it. Television stars on NBC. He's still doing the soup, except for he's doing a shitload of features and he's selling out Carnegie Hall. And I'd go ahead and call Joel McHale a pretty big star these days. Yeah. And the other guy that Jack Silver wasn't a particular fan of was uh, Jack, uh, I should say, Zach Galifianakis. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's the other guy who was Radio Death, according to uh, Jack that's Silver. The thing, that's the thing about radio is that you, most of the time you need to listen to program directors and do the opposite of what they say. <laughs> radio is a very insulated medium. Right. And they have very bizarre... Like baffling, baffling. Oh, Ricky Rackman was going to be a huge star. Danny (laughs) Bonaducci has it. And it's like, and here's the thing. Here's the thing I want to say. And I I, I don't know where you guys come down on this. But I sat in a room a hundred yards from where we're sitting right now and had Jack Silver explained to me in no uncertain terms that Joel McHale didn't need to come in on a weekly basis and that Zach Galifianakis was radio death. And that, depending on who you talk to, can get converted into me throwing Jack Silver under the bus. But my point is, is I'm merely a newspaper that's printing the fucking facts. And if a fucking jumbo jet runs into Mount Fuji, I didn't run it into Mount Fuji if I report, hey, this is what happened. And I can't stand everyone going, hey, man, leave him alone. Well, hey, man, leave him alone. That's how these guys keep their jobs. That's how they keep falling up. Somebody needs to say, I was in the room when so-and-so said, Jimmy Kimmel, not a talent. And Zach Galifianakis shouldn't be on the radio show. And Joel McHale shouldn't be on the radio show. That guy's name was Jack Silver. He did a horrible job. <laughs> he lives in 27. His job. And I'm merely reporting what happened. That's all. So you guys still hang out? <laughs> I like the guy. But look, he's not good at his fucking job. If he listens to Joel McHale bringing in his clips... His soup, his clip soups, or soup clips, <laughs> soups. his just soup soups, soups, samples his soup of clips, soup. his samples of soup, <laughs> and he does not like that on a Friday regular basis, Then, he, and he wants to replace it with the wing bowl, which was huge in Philly, then he's shitty at his job. Well, I remember when I when I worked at K-Rock, the, uh, the program director there, who I genuinely liked a lot, I mean, like, the guy gave me a job based on no experience. He put me on the air after doing one in, one thing on the Kevin and Bean show, sure. and I genuinely liked him, and he, he taught me how to do radio. Sure. But the thing that was always baffling to me is that he would never put me on days. Now, granted, maybe I wasn't awesome at my job. That's fine. But the point of the matter is, I was like, look, 
I, I'm on MTV like four times a day. Like yeah. you could see the potential sure. for this kind of cross promotion, and he would look me dead in the eye and go, "No one gives a shit. No one who listens to the radio cares about well, they television." Have tons I'm like, of, of rules. course they do. They have tons of retarded rules and tons of dogma, and they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And they of course honestly they think do. radio is the only medium. They're fucking stupid. I mean, they're just stupid, pure and simple. I mean, I would tell them all the time, hey, why don't you go check out a Groundlings show? It's up the street. And you can find young people that are talented and they do all kinds of voices and they would work for nothing. And they'd go, what are the Groundhogs? And I'd go, it's the Groundlings. <laughs> and they'd go, well, what is it? I'd go, it's improvisational comedy. And they'd go, oh, so it's at the improv? And I'd go, no, it's at... And I used to beg them all. And then like six months later, I'd go, did you check out any of those Groundling or Acme shows? They'd be like, no. And it's just like, they're fucking dumb and There's they're no insulated. There's no excuse in Los Angeles because there are a fucking yeah. million comedians in uh, Los Angeles. They don't fucking know what the fuck they're, they're doing. And listen, the only note I ever got from Kevin Weatherly, who's the program director you're talking about, and again, I'm just fucking reporting the news here, is the only consistent note I ever got from the best program director in the United States was roll calls. Don't talk so much. And the only thing, uh, well, first off, how's the love line doing now, everybody? Because <laughs> now they're rolling calls. How are they doing with the rolled calls? You're a genius, everyone's a genius. How's it going? What happened? What happened to the guy who talked too long? What happened? How come your fucking math theorem didn't work out? That's all the, the only note I ever got in over 10 years is roll calls, more calls, more calls. I always ignored it. I always just talked my ass off and people seemed to enjoy that. And the guy before me rolled calls and the guys after me rolled calls, but how was it going before me, and how's it going after me? And I don't want to sound like a pompous dick, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> the fuck. And obviously you guys don't know what the fuck you're talking about, or you wouldn't be saying the same thing to the same people. The thing that's wrong with radio is Jack Silver and Kevin Weatherly will say the exact same thing to me or Chris as they would to Booger Man or... <laughs> Or Ricky Rackman. And we're not the same fucking talent. Booger and we're not the same. trained me on the board. <laughs> oh, that's real? That's a real guy. Yeah, was a real guy. Oh, shit. He had this crazy van that said Booger Man on it. It had all this stuff oh, painted on it. I and thought that was just Adam, like, just like, I don't no, know, so like a, Booger Man. He was something. a real dude. He, he taught me how to run the board. Wow. At, uh, well, later at, at on, he choked Jimmy. He did what? choke Jimmy. Yeah. Yes, because he, because Boogerman, this guy Boogerman. <laughs> Stop calling him that. The Boogerman. That's his name. Well, Gina. sorry. And no one would recognize like Gerald. <laughs> he got it. He got some sort of penis enlargement, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> and I think, and and Jimmy kind of made like made fun of it. He got the fat injected. He guy. got the fat injected in his penis. And the thing was, it wasn't a secret. I think he talked about it pretty liberally. Like he was one of those guys that was like, ah, my life's an open book. But then Jimmy. I think, and I'm probably mis, I'm probably misremembering. You're this. not going to be that far off. But we already, but, but we already Jimmy, got three quarters of the con. Jimmy, Jimmy made fun of it somehow, and then like he came the next day, he choked him. He wow. um, to death. Dick. He killed with, Jimmy Kimmel. With his dick? Jimmy Kimmel has been dead by Boogerman's fat injected cock. That's he, what he got it for. for 15 years. He he um, yeah, he got the fat injected into his cock, and. <laughs> Open book. Open book. Open book. And so you're going to inject fat into my cock. You're going to take fat out of another part of my body and put it where it's not meant to be. Yeah. 
in my cockstock. Yeah, that's what I want my dick to look like, unhealthy and like it doesn't get any exercise. <laughs> yeah. Now I need to get liposuction on my dick. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's weirdly knobby. Your cock's cholesterol's through the roof, oh. and not the good kind <laughs> either. Are my, are my cock's tits too saggy? <laughs> <laughs> your balls are supposed to be. Oh, my Listen, dick tits. Your cock's gotta quit smoking and get on a treadmill. <laughs> Earning the explicit tag. Chronic lower shaft pain now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really. There's an indentation in my balls where my yeah. cock just It's the way I sit, right? It's the way of sitting. Uh, Nacho cheese. The uh, now and by the way, those 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 girdle rubbers aren't fooling They're not anyone. Working. They're not working. <laughs> well, because I put the shirt on over, and no, I just figured no one would notice, no. and they just think there's a slimmer, younger cock. No. All right. Um, the uh, so what happened was is is <laughs> it's like Jimmy in the late Star Trek movies. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy started talking about the the, the injection in uh, Burgerman's cock. Um, <laughs> injections, and nice. but I think what happened was is Jimmy somehow Bookerman's cock was my um, uh, uh, avatar. Was that a, was that uh, your uh, college jam band name? Yeah, no, I was yeah. Gonna say yeah. My, no, I was going to say Green Jello, and then I had a brain fart because I was like, no, Jello made him change her name to Green Jelly. This exactly. isn't going to work. It's a bit. <laughs> um, but so I think Jimmy on the air spoke about. His girlfriend spoke oh, about okay. Booger Man's girlfriend, and maybe how she might Booger benefit lady? from it. Oh. Booger girl, yeah, right. <laughs> so, so I think he took umbrage to that, even though he didn't use that word. No, yeah, and, no, Booger and, Man would never use the word and umbrage. So during He'll the show, it. he he literally burst into the studio and started choking. Like it was a weird <laughs> oh, turn of the century move. Like not 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 today's new octagony kind of throwdown kind of punch. It was like strangling that like just w- weird sort of vampire movie kind of like choking. <laughs> so we put down his triangle Jimmy. weights and then he went over. Yeah, I was, yep. I was just, standing just right just for death. That's not to like scare somebody. That's just to kill. Right? Yeah, I was I was standing right there while he was like literally <laughs> choking Jimmy in uh, Frank's office, producer Frank's office. But all I'm saying is upshot, whether you're the aforementioned uh, Weatherly or Silver, assess the talent like you should be doing and then build the show or focus on the strengths and or weaknesses of that talent. Me doing the wing bowl because it's huge in Philly, Jack Silver, is not a great plan. And me rolling phone calls as fast as I can so that people don't find out I'm a fraud who can't string together a fucking sentence is not a great idea, Weatherly. I know you have rules in place to protect, you protect essentially your people from being found out as frauds. But if you don't have a fraud on your hands, why do it? And thank Christ, I never, like my fondest memory of radio would be never listening to a word these guys ever told me. I, you know, Weatherly would say roll calls and I'd say, gotcha boss. And then the next day I'd take two calls in an hour and then one call the second hour. And play the Heine bit and get out. Do the Heine wine bit and and dingo boy. And that's why (laughs) everyone liked the show. And if I'd taken, you know, if I'd limited myself to two minutes a call like they wanted or taken 17 calls an hour, it would have not been the show that it was. Well, so now, what it's, what's so great about podcasting is just, because you look at radio, and I just feel so bad. Like, when I go do stand-up, and, and I go do morning radio in these markets, and I just feel so bad for so many of these guys, because oh I just my. feel like, 
Because you can just see the fear in their eyes, like uh, clinging to this sinking ship. I did a I did a show when I was in Houston, uh, morning radio. And yeah, you feel horrible for all these guys. And although you don't when you meet them because they're fat guys in hockey jerseys or like <laughs> shaved heads. It's like, hey, uh, welcome back to uh, Ass Crack and uh, Back Sack in the morning. Age 22, 22. They seven, really five. have aged like, like radio... Radio is the medium that used to get a lot of pussy, and now it's just a fat, balding uncle. Right, in scary. Like as a medium, it's that. But yeah. I said, I said, uh, so what's the deal? I said, we we coming back when the song ends because I could hear the song in my headphones, and they're like, no, nah, we'll just we can start anytime. And I said, oh, we we have to wait till the song ends, and they're like, oh no, we're just going to tape this. And I said, oh, why are we taping it? And they said, oh, we program director said we have to tape all the interviews. And I said, really? I have to, that sounds like a lot of work, like taping. All, well, we have to tape them because we have to edit them down. And I said, you have to edit. You have to tape, pre-tape, and then edit down. Every, oh, it's pretty easy with the computer now. It's no big deal when I have to cut tape or anything. And I said, well, but I don't know, creatively. And he's like, well, he, just, he wants us to do it that way because he doesn't want them to be longer than a song. So I'm like... So you're going to take my nine-minute interview and we're going to whack it down to two minutes and 47 seconds because the program director has declared that it A, has to be pre-taped and B, needs to then be edited down. Sure, And I thought, wow, we're living in a horrible time. And then I realized these are another one of these decrees that program directors make. Basically, here's what program directors do. Here's the approach that they, they basically show up. They're sort of like going... Look, I run a strip club with the world's ugliest stripper. So here's what I'm going to do. Lights down low, music pumping. I'm going to have I'm going to have shit fun. I'm going to have all sorts of spotlights flying around. Move around that pole. Don't ever slow down for a second and don't ever look anyone in the eye and don't ever stop long enough for anyone to ever focus on you because they're going to find out you're pockmarked and covered with stretch marks and they're not going to want anything to do you with you. You have to remain a blur. You have you to have remain, to remain a, blur. a blur. So keep giving the time out. And even if you're giving the time one direction, like if you said 816, then go ahead and say 16 after the hour, and then go ahead and say 44 away for the top. Keep moving, people, or we're going to find out you're fat with a C-section scar. And <laughs> Your ass looks like it got caught in a hailstorm. Keep right, moving. Right, keep moving. But what would happen is if uh, Giselle Bunchen showed up and said, I would like to start stripping at this at, at Star Garden, the guy'd go, all right, crank up the music and keep your ass moving. And Giselle would go like, but I'm hot. Da, 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 da. We got rules. There's keep no, that, there's keep no shake, case by case basis. Every morning, every morning your ass. show you go to, they all have some sort of a, oh yeah, well, they're making us do this now. And then whatever the insane decree is that they that they have to follow because everyone's freaking here's out. The, here's the reality. I mean, sad, but true. For the most part, the program directors are right because if you had a person that was blessed with talent, not that the Boogerman or Ricky Rackman isn't, but if Ricky Rackman was Jon Stewart, then Ricky Rackman would say, fuck that, I'm doing my own talk show on Comedy Central, and he would do it, or fuck that, I'm writing a book, or fuck that, I'm doing a sitcom, or fuck that, I'm making a feature, or fuck that, I'm doing whatever. But they know 
Where are you going, fatty with the dimpled ass? <laughs> Back to your six kids and the old man who's been beating the shit out of you with a slipper and putting tipperillos out That's in your vagina? That's a surprisingly consistent uh, description. They all well, have that. Where are you going, fatty? That's the same guys running the strip club is the same guys running the radio station, and it's true. Where are all the, these radio guys going to go, do you think? They're going nowhere. That they're going nowhere. I mean, you think, oh yeah, Tom Likas is going to be doing television. He's going to be doing. He's going to be doing late night television. Or where are any of these guys? They don't go anywhere. Wandering outside the Grove, like, ah, does somebody tell me to blow them up? I just need to blow up somebody. No, they're not. They're they're all doesn't work anymore. They're fucking marginal talents, and they're not (laughs) going anywhere. Western Union Morse code operators are like, oh shit, we're out of a gig. (laughs) No, that's it. They're not going anywhere, and the program directors know that are being overcompensated for doing almost nothing. And again, what is the option for the fat, bald guy who the camera hates and who's not very charismatic? And I'm not necessarily talking about Lycus here, but... Mm. And what are your options? I mean, what are your options creatively? I guess <laughs> podcasting. You can start a vineyard, but what are your options? You, you think you're going to do a syndicated show? You think Sony's going to sign you up? Oh, yeah, let's do daytime. I don't with- know. Have you figured out, this might be a private question, have you figured out how to monetize your show? We've, we've, had, many, yes. we've had many conversations yes, about, yes, about this, yes, and it's always yes, fascinating to yes. talk to you about it. The word is yes. Because Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, good. We're, we're making a lot of money. Really? Yeah. What are you doing? Sell commercials. Ah, oh, we haven't done that. Are you actually getting good commercials, like like or because we get offered like really, you know, like early, early, early adoptery stuff, like tech support for your company. We'll provide tech support for. We'll provide tech support infrastructure for your startup. Right. I mean, like, are you guys? But you guys are. You're probably getting. Well, Hickory Lube is a company that's been around. It's a personal <laughs> lube that smells like a barbecue. It's been around for a number. No, Hickory um, Lube was my. Uh, <laughs> like, write that down because if you got a <laughs> personal lube. lubricant that smelled like barbecue sauce, uh, I think you're on to something. Of the sound, oh no, we have you know go to meeting and Pro Flowers and all the all the all, the all the all the. No, we don't even have that. Yeah. We have all the good ones. That's Sounds like great. adults listen to your show. That's well, great. no, I, here's, I mean, here's, I mean, it's a pretty simple equation as as I as I think about it. I mean, I, I, you know, a lot of people, I think, are too up in their heads about it, or they're trying to reinvent something here. Um, it's as old as time, or the, or as old as the first soap commercial, as which old as is the Dupont Network. <laughs> Yeah, it's as old as that. I mean, somebody, look, you get a certain amount of ears or eyes on your product, and then you can sell commercials. Hopefully people are trying to watch our podcast and just getting really (laughs) frustrated. But you can have a TV show or you can have a blimp. I mean, if if one of us owned a dirigible, and I'm going to talk to you after the show. An old-timey dirigible. Sir, I will race you around the world in my (laughs) day balloon. No, if you have a fucking dirigible with some big LED readout thing and you say you're going to fly it over the Rose Bowl when there's 110,000 people in that place and I can put, you know, your company name here, then that's going to be worth something. Wherever their eyeballs. I mean, that's the difference between having a billboard on a crowded intersection or having one in your backyard that crows shit on, you know? Mm -hmm. If you have a billboard, it's worth something. If you have a dirigible, it's worth something. If you have a TV show, it's worth something. Everyone gets caught up 
in the modality. It's not really the modality. How many eyeballs passed that intersection? How many eyeballs watched that TV show? How many ears? What's the difference between a terrestrial radio show and a podcast? If you Very have little at this point. At this point. At any point. If you had look, if I said I can get a couple hundred thousand people into my living room and I'll talk to them on a daily basis and I will work your product in for a minute, then I'd get paid the same as if they were listening in their car or listening at yeah. home, where where have you. So the point is this. Your job is to get together as, as large a group of ears as you possibly can. Fuck. And, uh, <laughs> that's, we take away the wrong lesson and we go out and spend all our money to buy a blimp. That's the hard part. <laughs> Full of ears. Full but of no, ears, seri- yeah. seriously. I, ears, I listen Corolla. to every fourth word. I think that's my problem. <laughs> well, part of the thing would be maybe you should take some money Rent the guy's blimp, saying, "Listen to the nerd, listen to the Nerdist podcast," and that would get you X amount of. I mean, let's, we're let's start thinking advertising about that. our show on our show. That's a great idea because then everyone who's listening to the show would tune in to the show to the show exactly. Up top, be like a snake eating its tail. Yep. <laughs> so you, we have X amount. I mean, uh, I'm sorry to go all serious on everyone here, but that's okay. It, there's no riddle or puzzle. It's if you have. 20,000 listeners on a daily basis, then you can get a company to give you a smallish amount of money to do X amount of advertising with your 20,000. And if you have 100,000, then you can get more money out of that same company and so on and so forth. And that's all it is. And the companies were not really down with this um, eight months ago or, (laughs) or a year ago, but they're down with it now and they see results and, you know, we do it with Pro Flowers. You get Pro Flowers to come on board. You do the 1999 bouquet. They what? give you. Will they, they deliver those to your house? Within two working days with guaranteed freshness up to a week. And now, wait a, a minute. Can I get any kind of flower I want? What if I want white roses? Chris, we're not getting paid for this. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm no good. Hang on, hang on. Is there a coupon code? They'll share. <laughs> You mentioned Ace. When you check out. <laughs> I don't know if I even give a shit about advertising. I, I just, I'm just fascinated by the whole concept because it's like the, the, just the Me sort too. of what, <laughs> what is guy, different guy though? But what's different about this? There's a, there's in this same building or across, literally across the walkway. There. are 80 radio stations. Yeah, they're all Spanish though. Right. What is the difference between them? And you. I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> Other than the obvious. I mean, really, there's no difference. You get X amount of people listening to your show. You have to be able to prove that. Yeah. And then you sell advertising. Or you do a rev share thing where it's like, all right, for every Pro Flower 1999 bouquet we sell, we get 10 bucks. And that's it. Oh, that's a good deal. That's, that's a pretty good deal. Let's take that one. 50%. Yeah. But, but you have to then get people... Like the radio station gets people to go out and advertise and go drum up advertising and, you know, salespeople and Ugh. so on and so forth. Right. Yeah. But other than that, so what's, what's the difference? Let's just keep doing it for free. Right, guys? Right, I'm fine with it. Poor Matt. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> they stole my jeans. They were the only pair of long pants I had. <laughs> they were, literally. I used to wear shorts to Boston. Uh, Matt Myra, one week ago. <laughs> yeah. 
you would, you would already do it. Though. You're not doing your audience a disservice by running the commercials because it then enables you to run five days a week, get upgrades and equipment and staff and whatever it is, and your product actually gets a little This Poison Nerdist right? podcast is brought to you by Stumpy's Cockfat. <laughs> Stumpy's Cockfat. Also, Hickory Lube. <laughs> hickory Lube. The cool lube. taste of hickory with the slick feeling of lube. Try them both together for the first time. Hickory Lube was the name of the team in Hoosiers. I think that uh, the that played them in the playoffs. <laughs> Get in Hickory there and barbecue Lube. that ass. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah, you know. That's awesome. Because of ranch dressing, ass shaving cream. Mm. Uh, so your pool, your pool, pool? Where your did mom? that word come from? Brain not working. Mm-mm. Your uh, your book is out now. Uh, people, I assume people can get it on Amazon. They can probably listen to your podcast. They can probably yeah, you can get it Barnes and Noble or oh, whatever the uh, what's the other big one? Uh, Borders, one? Borders, Barnes and Noble, Did you wherever. Do an audiobook wherever version yeah, uh, it's on the New York Times bestseller list, by of the way, it which is, is uh, insane. You have an enormous following, and, and it's, God it's, love them. It's fascinating to watch. I mean, you you have you have pioneered. Uh, the, I mean, there were certainly were a few podcasters before, but you you seem to have uh, perfected it uh, in a, in well, a very thanks. good way. Um, well, we still got a lot of lot of work to do, but uh, but it's been a work in progress, and it's been fun, and that that's the whole thing. I've been enjoying it. And I hope you guys are enjoying this more than what you would have been doing. <laughs> Although you got to get paid, but the um, yeah, what's the book, huh? Your book. You wrote a book. Yes. Oh, I wrote a book. Yeah. In Fifty years. We'll, we'll all, all be chicks. Yeah, it's going. Uh, it's going real good. I, I wish it was a real about science it. book about genes and why uh-huh. we're all going to be women. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like yeah. the, why the last man comic book. Oh, or, go. or it means that we will devolve and go back into chicken embryo state. I'm into uh, it. Where, mm. where we all. Can I still get? I fat lose my dick, man. Yeah, you can still get a fat. You can still get a fat. <laughs> fat. Did you guys know that when? Uh, Jimmy and I once did some thing about a penis enlargement thing on the man show and they did this thing where they we went to a doctor who did penis enlargements and they do there's a few ways to do it there's a sort of way to do it through vacuum which you just have to walk around and there's another way to do it with weights and there's another way to do it where they snip this tenon that goes down there and it sort of releases something. Can they scare it? And then it just gets really big and frightened. Uh, like a, a tendon they snip so it just so it hangs longer like uh, you have like reserved dick inside your body just in case yeah I mean it's you got sort a of slack yeah, yeah I would look at it I was always thinking of it as sort of like a mailbox where three foot of the post is hanging out of the ground but there's another foot and a half that's in the oh, ground yeah, yeah, yeah. and you could probably pull out six inches of that but it might tip over easily <laughs> <laughs> if a wind kicked up but um I, so they said uh, so, but they also inject the fat, or they like graft on the, the, the you know. And I said, uh, where do you get that tissue? And he's like, cadavers. Aww. And I'm like, cadaver uh, tissue. And he's like, yeah. And I said, well, where do you get that? And he's like, well, when you when you when you sign up to be a donor on your driver's license, that's where we get it. And I'm like, uh. I signed up to give some kid the gift of sight, not to give some Iranian Iranian guy more girth. Like, what the fuck? Hey, bro, Adam Corolla's cock. Uh, hey, 
Yes. The Isman. I got the Isman cock. It's just like him being fucked by the man show. I've been holding off on going for the donor thing. I'm doing it now. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Are you turning the corner now? What if it's a convict cock, like the movie Body Parts, and then all of a sudden you just start raping people? Sure. Give someone the gift of a cock. Yeah. Yeah, though, so when you uh, put that little donor sticker on there, that's what you're doing. By the way, shouldn't cops cut you a break? Like, you just, I'm not saying you leading them on a, you know, tri-state chase, but if they see that driver's license with the donor sticker and all you did was roll through a right hand red when there was no traffic coming, you know what I mean? How about you cut, <laughs> I mean, how about they do that? I mean, all we, here's, here's, what, we're, here's what I'm saying. People need incentive, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're good. Here's here's how we are as human beings. We will recycle if you put a recycling bin at the outside of the movie theater or the fast food joint or wherever we we're leaving. Take three steps to it has to be right there. But if I got to walk it down to the dump Forget or carry it, it, it's going into the trash, right? It's not. So we will do the right thing as long as the right thing is easy. But if there's nothing in it for us. We won't. And the donor thing is something we keep trying to get people to get on board with, but they don't seem to do it. And we do these PSAs, like, come on, and they don't do it. I just won't do it. I work in a funeral home, and I know what they come back like. Right. Oh, yes. But how about this? How about you put the donor sticker on your driver's license, and the first sort of non-dangerous, you know, moving violation you get, I don't mean driving through a preschool, but, you know... Doing seventy eight in a sixty five or something like. What about we'll, expired we'll, tags? Our expired tags, no right. front license right. plate. We see that donor sticker. The cop sees it. You'll get the first one free. We'll give you a pass <laughs> on that one. How many more people go into the DMV would sign up at that point for it? And what's wrong with that? Like, what's the downside? Well, people are going to be becoming donors and then killing people on the highway. Sir, like, I had no idea you were a selfless hero. Go on right. your way. Go on I'm your saying, way. You're, you're trying to give people incentive to be donors. Why not a little incentive? I agree 112%. It's impossible. Yes, I, got the extra, I got the extra 12% from a cadaver's cock. Oh, That's possible. Right. I like the part where dumb people go, you know what? I used to disagree with Chris, but I've come around 360. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're right back to disagreeing still. No, no, I made a 360. No, that's a complete circle. I used to disagree. No, there are I was the opposite of this guy, and no. I've, but lately, I came around 360 degrees. I'm agreeing with you, dude. So you hate I came me around 360 degrees on Chris. I didn't like him before, but now I'm in a totally different place. I'm 360 degrees Why away from I where I was with before. The guy who is yeah, running the totally, door at E. I've totally come around. <laughs> totally come around. Yeah, he has to well, validate my parking. We're, we will get your parking validated uh, for your rental car. We're at the end of our time. Uh, Adam Carolla, thank you so much for coming back on. Yeah. Always a pleasure. I, as, I, as I have said, uh, you and I have been friends for f- 15 years, I think. And, yeah. um, and it's just nice to... It's always nice to have friends... And that you've been friends for a long time, you watch them do well, and you watch them do things that kind of inspire you and, and drive you. And so it's I, I've, I've enjoyed being your friend all these years, and now we're going to take your life. Thank you. <laughs> also, also finger blast. if people haven't seen it, uh, uh, if they're not familiar with it, uh, The Hammer, they should check out They Adam's absolutely movie, should check the out Hammer. The Hammer, the Adam Carolla uh, film, the boxing film, The Hammer. Thanks. Uh, get it on available. Amazon. I bet when you buy his book, people oh, also yeah. probably can get it on Prime. Amazon Prime. Yeah. Yeah. Let me say this quickly. Amazon, first off, you can buy my book uh, 
new for eleven ninety nine or used for eleven ninety nine, which is always like, how low does your self esteem have to be that you go, you know, it's the same price, but I'm going used. And then <laughs> who owned it before? Steve McQueen? Like it's not yeah. like somebody owned it. This is it's just used. And the worst thing ever, I, the day it came out, uh, it came out on a Tuesday about three weeks ago. I, I got on the computer and I checked Amazon. Like, where's our ranking? We we're top twenty on the bestseller list. And then I said, let's see how we're doing with the reviews. Five stars. I was like, oh, awesome. And then I scrolled down. I was like, twenty five new, four used. Oh shit. Four, Four hours after it came out, there was used. four. How does it physically? How's it physically possible? Speed readers. Did, got it. UPS guy. Got it. Sell it. Got but it. does he say to the UPS guy, "Hold up, hold up, come back. I'm, I'm done. I'm what? Done. Take it back. Ship this out. Yeah. Take it back. I, I need my four dollars back used? from Amazon. This it is now. Used. It's done. I'm done reading it. I know. I know all I need to know. Buy it new. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You want to say? Enjoy your burrito. <laughs> you don't even do the catchphrase right anymore, Jonah. And it's not even that old a catchphrase. Enjoy the burrito. <sighs> All right. You can take it out and you can redo it. I am <laughs> not enjoying this burrito. That's what he wants to do. Very naughty girl 
Are those presents for me? I got a Rubik's Cube, a jar of lube, a VCR, a gold guitar, some leather pants and ganja plants, and cigarettes and penthouse pets, a private jet, a red Corvette, and a flaming soda, and Leopold, the color black, a fanny pack, a horse for polo. Just give me a guitar solo. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.